0: Hello, 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 and welcome to the Standing Room Spartans podcast powered by StandingRoomSports.com. I am your host, Kevin Parker, here with the inaugural episode of the podcast. Super excited to get into it with you guys. Again, Standing Room Spartans podcast, Kevin Parker. I am your host, and today we are going to talk all things Mel Tucker. That's right, the new football coach here in East Lansing. Super excited to get into that. Before we do, if you didn't catch the introduction episode, just a quick couple minutes if you want to go back and listen to that. I got basically unveiled all the plans for the podcast. But if you don't know about me, I am a co-founder, lead writer at StandingRoomSports.com. Previously had a, a Michigan State podcast in the downtown sports network uh, if you did listen to downtown spartans podcast i really appreciate the support and i appreciate you coming back uh decided to go a different direction and kick this thing off independently uh through my website so i'm really excited to get through this thing uh basically everything you know i have control over which is which is awesome we're gonna do a ton of different stuff here Talk about the coaches, the different position battles. Talk a lot about gambling and betting. You know, it's something that is really come to the forefront here in the U.S. Uh, different social media stuff with mailbags, getting you guys involved. Some interviews. We'll get some debates going with uh, you know maybe you guys, the fans, want to want to jump in and debate on Zoom or Skype. You know, we can record that and put it into the podcast. I got some buddies of mine, you know, already kind of lined up with that. But really excited to get into this podcast. Really excited for you guys to get involved and just couldn't be happier. I've been wanting to get this thing going independently for quite some time now and finally have that opportunity here. But again, the topic today, we're talking Mel Tucker, everything Mel Tucker, the, the new head football coach here in East Lansing after... You know, a long time and a lot of success with what is truly a legendary Michigan State coaching figure in Mark Dantonio. And, and while the last couple of years it it took a downward spiral, you know, we all know that. But I just really hope that a couple of years from now, when we can really look back at what he did for this program, that you know we really treat him in the right light because, man, that guy brought. A program, you know, that was we remember the John L. Smith years, we remember the Bobby Williams years. We we remember just getting dogged by Michigan every year and and just not even remotely competing on a national level. We went from that to the college football playoff. And I had a standing room, you know, again, back to the standing room sports and standing room podcast standing room Spartans I had a standing room only ticket in Dallas for the college football playoff against Alabama drove down with a couple buddies um you know I I was actually that was our last year in East Lansing I was a student and uh you know I I missed out on the student section tickets but I got myself went on uh, StubHub got myself a uh, standing room only ticket. I actually was standing next to some Alabama fans who who started buying me beer in the second half, um, as I guess their form of an apology for for how good their team was. But uh, again, it, we Mark Antonio brought this program out of nowhere to a college football playoff to a Rose Bowl win, and and again, while the last couple years. Don't really leave us with a good taste in our mouth. I I really hope that that doesn't diminish what he did in his time at at Spartan Stadium and in East Lansing. And, you know, the man deserves a statue. The man deserves everything. All of the praise that we've given him over the last few years. And, And I really hope we don't forget that. But let's face the facts, the last couple of years were rough. There, there was just there wasn't any energy around the program. I think we sensed that the the team itself, the, the wins and losses, the performance on the field was obviously not what we were hoping for, but it just felt stale. There, we were missing some energy. We were missing something. And that is what Mel Tucker's gonna try to bring. And everything we have heard, everything we have read about the guy is, is energy. I mean, this guy brings it on a day-to-day basis. I'm really excited to see what he can do in his time in East Lansing. It's, he's only been here a couple months now, uh, but it really feels like he's hit the ground running. He's the fan base loves him. I I mean, I can't find a negative thing about this guy. And, you know, well, I was talking with some buddies the other day and, it's really going to suck if he can't coach because everything he's done in this offseason and everything he's done off the field has been super exciting the recruiting which we'll talk about today the you know the social media he he's just he has come in right away and endeared himself to this MSU fan base and I'm really excited for what he can bring to this program that, you know, again, let's face it, the last couple of years has been without really much energy. I mean, you you look at the stadium experience, you look at the the lack of a home field advantage, you you just it's something we've been missing out on for the last couple of years. And again, I, I hope D'Antonio gets all the credit that he deserves, but we needed to to go a different direction, and Mel Tucker seems like the perfect guy for that I want to talk you know you can go on Wikipedia and find his history but I really want to go through that because there's some important stops along the way and some context that I think is really important when it comes to where he comes from and how that's going to set up Possible success here in East Lansing. So he was, uh, you know, from Cleveland, Ohio. He's a Midwestern guy. He played at Wisconsin in the Big Ten. Was recruited uh, by Nick Saban actually at Toledo, and that's kind of where they started their relationship, which we'll talk about uh, quite a bit going forward here. Was recruited by Sabin at Toledo quite a bit, but ended up uh, signing with Wisconsin and Barry Alvarez. I believe he was part of Barry Alvarez's first recruiting class over there at Wisconsin. Won a Big Ten championship there. Uh, from there, he he did you know he he wanted to get into coaching, and and one of his first calls was to Nick Saban, who was the Michigan State head coach at the time. Uh, he remembers having some great conversations with him, being recruited uh Nick Saban you know allegedly was basically hanging around his locker room recruiting the hell out of him uh as a high schooler in Cleveland um you know a stone's throw away from Toledo but uh ultimately decided to to join up at Wisconsin uh, you know can't blame him there going uh to Wisconsin instead of Toledo but again made that call to Nick Saban and became a grad assistant at Michigan State in 1997 uh, worked there for two years as a grad assistant, and you know Mel has talked a lot about that. He was making four hundred dollars a month, sleeping under his desk every other night, and, and that was a time where there were only four grad assistant spots available. Coaching staffs were much smaller. Mark D'Antonio was the DBs coach at the time, and and Mel Tucker, you know, as we'll talk about coming up, that's his specialty. He played defensive back. He's coached defensive backs for a long time. And so he he really got in at the ground level, but he really had a voice from the beginning. You know, Mar- Mark D'Antonio, Nick Saban—they've both spoken glowingly about Mel Tucker and in, in his time right away. Just his work ethic—he does everything fast. He he sleeps fast. He works out fast. He he eats fast. He, this this dude brings energy like I've never seen. Um, and that started back in '97 under Nick Saban. He he basically became. Nick Saban's driver, Uh, he was driving him around wherever he needed to go. And he's talked about how he just soaked up that knowledge. And and he knew right away that Nick Saban was really a special football coach and a special football mind and somebody that if he could attach himself to early on, then, then he would have a lot of success and it would be good for his career. So spent two years here in East Lansing back in 97 and 98 under Nick Saban. Uh, Before he was signed as the DB's coach at Miami of Ohio, moved on from there. When Nick Saban uh, took the job at LSU, he called up Mel Tucker, said, I want you to coach DB's. So he went to LSU in 2000, only stayed there for a year before Jim Tressel gave him the same job at Ohio State. Was there for three years at Ohio State, was part of, uh, as the DB coach, I should say. Um, I mean, he, he coached up some, you know, Will Allen, a 13-year NFL vet, Dante Whitner, 11-year NFL vet, Mike Doss, another NFL starter for a long time. Um, he coached a lot of NFL players. He coached, you know, a, ultimately a national championship winning team uh, before Jim Trestle promotes him to the co-defensive coordinator along with Mark Schneider uh, there at Ohio State under Jim Trestle. And, you know, really, he that's where he's talked uh, quite a bit about that's where he really started his recruiting uh, prowess. I mean, this guy is he's been talked about by Kirby Smart, by by national media folks, even the last few years as one of the best recruiters in the country. And he's he's credited that a lot to Ohio State in his time there. That's when he really got his foot in the door. As far as being a part of that recruiting staff and really, you know, again, having a voice and, and being able to, to go out on these recruiting visits and, and make an impact in that way. And, you know, it, he went from there against state in Ohio, his, his home state, uh, went to the Cleveland Browns as a defensive backs coach for three years. That's where he got his, his foot in the door in the NFL level. Uh, coached the DBs there for three years before pr- being promoted to the defensive coordinator under head coach Romeo Crennel, who coached a long time with Bill Belichick in the New England Patriots. Uh, but as a defensive coordinator in the NFL, again he started in the Cleveland Browns for one year. Uh, that didn't have a great team. I mean, he what he played or he coached with the Cleveland Browns. What do you really expect there? But 16th ranked defense in the in the NFL. Nothing to sneeze at there, right in the middle of the pack for a 4-12 and team. You know, you can't really complain there. Went on to Jacksonville under head coach Jack Del Rio, was hired on as the defensive coordinator and spent four years there. Uh, became an interim head coach. Jack Del Rio got fired in the 2011 season. Uh, Mel Tucker got a chance there, went 2-3 and three as a head coach. Before coming back, Mike Malarkey was ha- head of the jacksonville jaguars in 2012 mel tucker was kept on the staff as the defensive coordinator and assistant head coach Um, didn't have a lot of success there before he spent two years over in chicago under mark tressman as the defensive coordinator for the bears Uh, spent a couple years there didn't really have a ton of success again uh, went back to the college ranks this is where again gives a call to nick saban who has a great relationship with Mel Tucker to this day, Uh, goes over, coaches the DBs on the 2015 National Championship team, Minka Fitzpatrick, Marlon Humphrey, Eddie Jackson, Ronnie Harrison. I mean, he coached some NFL studs uh, and that Alabama defensive backfield, you know, was labeled as an assistant head coach, which shows you the, the amount of respect that Nick Saban had for him bringing him in. Uh, from there, he goes over to Georgia, and, and this is really where he made a name for himself nationally. You know, for some time he was a a middle of the road NFL defensive coordinator. You know, some of his defenses were were good, some of them not so good. Uh, but at Georgia is really where he made his name. a defensive coordinator under Kirby Smart. Every single year there, three years at Georgia, his defenses were in the top 16 of the country, as high as number six, I believe, in terms of points allowed per game. Uh, went to a national championship game, a college football playoff berth with Georgia. That was the Jake Fromm freshman year uh, where they took on Alabama. Um, but spent three great years at Georgia, had a ton of success, was ranked by 24-7 in 2018, 247.com as the number 14 recruiter in the country, which shows you, you know, you, you look at the amount of talent that Georgia, Alabama, some of these schools have brought in, and that's just a recognition for Mel Tucker at Georgia being an integral part of that and being if not the main recruiter, along with Kirby Smart, you know, right there is his right-hand man in terms of just bringing in these five-star guys and and knowing how to get into a living room and make a name for yourself to sell yourself, to sell the school, and bring these kids in. So, again, Georgia for three years was hired on in 2016, and that's where he got his first head coaching gig at Colorado. And, you know, we could talk quite a bit about that one year at Colorado, the circumstances that brought him to Michigan State. But, you know, ultimately wins and losses, not great. Five and seven. But this is a Colorado program that, that won five games each of the previous two years. Um, so, you know, if you're going in there for one year and you're bringing them to 10 wins or something, obviously that's great. But it's not a realistic feat. Um, not to say that, you know, again, maybe he could have done better, but this is something we'll talk a little bit about in the future. It's, it's exciting in the way that if you go back to, you know, your freshman year of college, maybe your freshman year of high school, your first year at your job that you're at now, and you finish that first year, maybe your first year in a relationship, you finish that first year and you think back and say man there's there's some stuff i wish i could have done differently and mel tucker has a unique opportunity to do that i mean you you look back your first year as a head coach as the head of a program where in college football you have so much control over the recruiting the the personnel the you know the the coaching staff facilities where money goes you have a ton of control in college football. And that's why a lot of these coaches have basically turned down NFL jobs. They love the control that they have in college. You're, you're controlling every part of the program as a head coach in college football. And and you really have a unique opportunity with Mel Tucker to, to have that first year of experience and go back and say, okay, what did we do? Right? What did we do wrong? Because we have boom right away another opportunity to have that first year and that's a really interesting dynamic i think to this hire is that you get that second chance at a first chance if you will i mean it, it's really going to be interesting but you, you really dive into that five and seven five and seven record a couple big wins there at home against nebraska in, in the second week of the season Um, where Nebraska was a ranked top 25 team. Again, we all know how that turned out towards the end of the year, but there was a lot of momentum with Scott Frost in his second year in that program. Uh, Mel Tucker came in. They were down 17-0 late in the third, got an overtime win. They got a win at Arizona State, something Mark D'Antonio obviously wasn't able to do. Uh, but again, a, a top 25 ranked Herm Edwards, Arizona State team on the road. Big win. Uh, they beat Stanford. They beat Washington, who both, you know, you could say had down years in terms of their standards. But both are, are really good programs that aren't just going to bend down and and have bad, bad seasons. So a couple big wins on the resume, you know, the, a four point loss against USC. We're hanging in there five-point loss against Arizona, seven-point loss against Air Force. So, you know, three games that were all within one possession, a couple bounces go the other way, and you're looking at an eight-win team. Did get blown out in three road games at Oregon, Washington State, and Utah, all by a combined something like 100 points. I mean, games that they, they were really never in from the beginning. But you know, all in all, uh, they he brought in a top thirty-five recruiting class, something that they haven't done since joining the Pac-12. I mean, he he brought some energy to that program, and and when we when he was hired in at Michigan State, obviously the circumstances were unique in that you know he had basically just finished up a, a, a booster fundraiser, basically, and saying he was committed to. Colorado you know right before signing over to Michigan State and one of the things he said and of course there's some hypocrisy that goes along with coaching in in college football and college basketball for that matter where you know we we have these rules with the transfer portal where guys have to sit out a year and and coaches can basically go in and out Uh, but one thing that he said that that I truly believe is you know he he mentioned he plays to the whistle and but you know he, at that moment in time, he was at a booster meal, uh, you know, trying to bring in money for the program. And at that time he was the Colorado football coach. So, you know, he, he's not going to half-ass it. He's not going to put one foot in one foot out, you know, he's all in or he's all out. And that's something, you know, I do respect him going back and, and doubling down on it and saying, no, I wouldn't have done anything differently. You know, that was my program at that time. And that was the decision I made. So you know, a, a lot of these guys are trying to come in again with that one foot in, one foot out approach, and, and that's just not Mel Tucker's style. So, the, again, some unique circumstances that brought him here. But, you know, all in all, it just an interesting season in, in 2019 for Colorado and some things that we can definitely take away from it. Again, we, we know the recruiting. You know, he brought in a five-star recruit, a top 10 recruit in the country in the early signing period at Colorado. I, I mean, a, a program where... I actually have a cousin who who graduated from there. He said, football tickets are free and still nobody went, you know, but that one year he he was bringing in a packed house, a damn near sold out stadium and, and just energy around the Colorado football program that hasn't had it since the nineties. And, and so yeah, an exciting hire, an interesting dynamic that, that comes involved with it. But you know, ultimately this guy is, is again, a guy that brings a lot of energy. He, the quote is that the program is built in a weight room. You take one look at Mel Tucker and you know, he lives that, uh, this dude is, is built like a brick shit house, right? I mean, he is, he is all in, in that aspect, but you know, reading a lot about him, there's some interesting stories to go back, you know. He graduated from school. He was a meat salesman, a door-to-door meat salesman for a few years. Um, he said, my rule was that they had to tell me no seven times. I mean, I, I did sales back. Uh, I did a sales internship in college. I was doing sales a little bit after that. And I'm not going to lie, that <laughs> you hear no once, okay, you know, you're a salesman, you go back. You hear no two times, okay? You know, a good salesman, you go back that third time, and then you call it quits. Seven times selling meat door to door. I mean, imagine that uh, at your house, you get a knock on the door, somebody trying to sell sell you a couple pounds of steak to put in the freezer. You have to tell this guy no seven times because he just keeps on coming back. You know, but that that's his mo. That's everything you read about him, everything you hear from him in interviews. You know, this guy goes balls to the wall, hundred miles an hour, twenty four seven doesn't stop. and that's you know, just a part of his story., uh, but you know we're really getting into what we're gonna see from him at Michigan State, how that's gonna translate to the football field, right? And, and he's a defensive guy. So you know, we'll talk about Jay Johnson. Uh, in the next episode, and we'll talk about the offense a lot more because that Mel Tucker, when it comes to the offense, he's gonna be more hands off. he's gonna let his coaches dictate what they're gonna do on the offensive side of the ball. But you know what what we can do is, is take a little bit of a look at what he's done on the defensive side. I know we're brought brought in a new defensive coordinator that we'll talk in depth about but you know when when we're looking at Mel Tucker specifically some things that we can see you know on offense he does run a, a pretty balanced attack uh, at Colorado last year they had about a 50 50 balance run and pass um, but really the the biggest thing that comes to mind when you're watching them them play when you're Reading what he's saying about what he wants to bring to the football field, it's it's versatility, it's a multiple approach, it's hybrid defenders, hybrid offensive players, guys that can fill a bunch of different rules roles and stay on the field. You know, on defense, he he runs you'll you'll hear these terms thrown out. So just to get familiar with them, on one hand you have the jack linebacker, something that we haven't had at Michigan State. Mark D'Antonio has run a pretty standard 4-3 defense and the Jack linebacker if if you're a Lions fan you know is is the Devon Kennard spot it's that hybrid edge defender where you Josh Uche is a good example at Michigan last year you're expected to rush the passer you're expected to to plug your gap in the run game and if you need to cover a tight end you, you can do that as well but it's it's a basically, a three-four outside linebacker, but you're you're going to be the guy that's that's asked to do a lot of different things. Um, he also runs a star position, which Michigan State has has basically played a similar spot. It, the best example in in football is if you imagine Derwin James, right, uh, of the Los Angeles Chargers uh, out of Florida State. He, he's going to be your best athlete on the field. He's, he can blitz. He can come up and stop the run. He can cover a slot receiver. He can cover a tight end. He can cover a back out of the backfield. That's going to be your most athletic player that's going to be asked to do a lot of different things. And why these you know hybrid defenders, these guys, are important is it it allows you to stay on the field. So many of these offensive attacks now have become... No huddle, finding mismatches, these these offensive systems have become incredibly complex. And if you have defenders that can do multiple things well, you can keep those guys on the field. You don't have to worry about rushing in and, and rushing out, getting penalties with with late substitutions or getting burned because you know you have a, a Riley Bulla, Max Bulla type linebacker who's asked to you know, rush out into the slot and cover a receiver, you know, that's just not going to happen. So Mel Tucker, his emphasis has been recruiting athletes first. He'll figure out a way to get you on the football field, but you have to fit a certain athletic profile to play. And his defenses have, have become a great example of why that's important. Because again, you, you need these guys who can stay on the field in different situations. Now, one thing that is important is is this type of defense. It requires big run-stuffing interior defensive linemen. You think we have a guy like Naquan Jones this year, three hundred forty-pound guy in the middle that you can't move off his spot. That's going to be super important because you're going to have some, you know, a little bit smaller group. You're you're playing primarily with two linebackers. Um, and and the star you know safety box safety combination guy, but two of your traditional linebackers plus the star position. And so those those big run stuffing guys who can who can plug gaps and allow the the athleticism to come through and, and flow through the defense and, and, and you know blitz through gaps and really take advantage of that is super important. Um, but, you know, that's a little bit of what we'll see on the field. Again, we'll we'll talk more in detail about when we get to the coordinators and what their systems really are like and, and break down some analytics and, and everything that we're going to expect there. Um, but but Mel, T- Mel Tucker as kind of the, the CEO of the staff, that's a little bit of what we saw last year at Colorado, again, as as a defensive guy. You know, the next episode is is detailing Jay Johnson, his offensive coordinator hire, um, and what he likes to do and what he brings to the table. But uh, Mel Tucker, again, the recruiting is something that is everything to him. I mean, this guy recruits relentlessly every day, and you'll see that on his social media, relentless, relentless, relentless. You got to tell me no seven times before I stop trying to sell you stakes. You know, this guy is unbelievable. Um, but his recruiting, again, he's looking for athletes. You look at, for example, his offensive tackles that we've offered since he's been in. They're all 6'5 and above. I saw a guy we hired, we uh, we offered at 6'8. You know, he's taking a national approach. He's going out and offering five kids from California. He's hiring for, he's uh, offering from Texas, Florida, Maryland. You know, the, the one, I guess, concern is is that he's got to make sure that he keeps those roots in, in Michigan and Ohio and guys that really understand. That's one thing that Mark D'Antonio did really well is bringing in Midwestern guys who understand the Big Ten, who understand the rivalries, who understand, um, you know, what it takes to win and, and play here and the fan bases and and what's expected um but the the one knock that we've had on Mark Dantonio for a long time is that he wasn't really hired, we wasn't really offering and signing guys from from a national perspective you know we we had a couple guys come through from Georgia uh, had one or two Florida commits during his time but but really wasn't wasn't getting those national guys and that's something that's really important to Mel Tucker and something that, that I love about him. But again, his social media presence is, is awesome. You know, when, when we're talking about recruiting and, and what he does, what he brings to the table, he says, uh, there was a quote, honestly, I try to think about what other schools have done. And I don't do that. <laughs> you know, this, this guy wants to be unique, unique, run his own program. You know, you'll see him on Twitter, sneaker Saturdays, take out Tuesdays where he's, shouting out harpers and and it's just awesome to see his his dogs kj and pj he's really endeared himself to this fan base you know get really getting in at the local level and and showing people in east lansing that he's all in you know for this program and you know the recruits will see that they'll see that this guy's he's a tech savvy coach who can really Get himself involved with social media and and allow the players to have a voice and and they know that he he really understands that and, and that he can bring himself you know closer to those players because you know he's on Instagram he's on Twitter and he's doing all these kinds of things that you know he he's Mark Dantonio wasn't like that you know for for better or for worse and. You know, you can say that you want your head coach more in the Mark D'Antonio mold and the the Bill Belichick mold that, you know, what's this snap face and, and I don't know what these kids are doing on nowadays. You know, I'm here to coach football. Uh or or you can have someone like Mel Tucker who's who's come in and showed that he's involved with the culture and and he's a part of these young players lives and he knows that and, and I think he understands that really well and you know I'm really excited for that side of it to to get a coach who's a little bit more available a little bit more open and a really a big difference from what we've had for the last few years under Mark D'Antonio but you know again the the recruiting that he's been able to do right away here given the circumstances with, you know, the shutdowns with the quarantines and all of this has been super impressive. Uh, there was an article on the athletic that detailed what they called the festival. Um, Colton Pouncey did a great job outlining, you know, what, what was going on with the, with the recruiting, these, this virtual recruiting that we're doing nowadays, And they called it the festival. And basically, when you read through it, it seems really simple. It seems like something that everybody should be doing. Um, But, you know, according to a lot of these recruits, it's, it's not. And it's something special that Michigan State has put together. But basically, to give you an outline, so these recruits, they'll hop on, you know, they'll have their scheduled time, okay, three o'clock Saturday afternoon, hop on this, you know, uh, Skype or Zoom or whatever it is, right? And basically, they're past, they have a one on one with the recruiting coordinator, one on one with the academic coordinator, with the strength coach, with their position coach, with their coordinator, offensive or defensive coordinator with Mel Tucker, uh, and then with the whole staff together in between these, these one-on-one sessions where they're asking questions, they're, they're getting all the information that they need. They're having virtual tours uh, of the MSU facilities, the football facilities of the campus. And, and it's really this, this seamless process where a recruit will hop on for a couple hours. They'll talk again, one-on-one with, with each of these guys, and then they'll talk with the whole staff together and, and get all of their questions answered. They'll be able to, you know, from the staff's perspective, they'll they'll each get their own, you know, real picture of of what these kids are all about. They'll, they'll be able to kind of give their pitch from their side, you know, from what the strength coach is, is going to say and what the academic coordinator is going to say is obviously going to be completely different. But the the recruits being able to sit down eat individually with each of them it does make a big difference. And, you know, Colton Pouncey was interviewing some of these um, players who have said, you know, that this was far and away the best, you know, of these virtual recruiting trips that they went on and, and the best, you know, the most well put together, the most well thought out process by far. And, you know, let's be honest, some of the kids we're recruiting, they're not being recruited by Clemson and Alabama. So we don't know what those guys are doing, but you know, when, when you're comparing them to uh, comparing Michigan state and this process to, let's say the, the second tier of power five programs, you know, when we're comparing ourselves with, you know, your Wisconsin, Iowa, um, you know, Washington, that kind of tier of college football. And these kids are are saying that it's far in a way, the best, you know, virtual tours that they've done virtual visits that they've done is, is really exactly what we were hoping for. And the type of energy and this, this social media savvy and, and this younger approach that Mel Tucker's bringing. And, and in a time where, you know, he got a late start as it was with, Mark D'Antonio deciding to retire or or step away, you know, whatever the semantics were there pretty late in the offseason process as it was. Then you add on the fact that, you know, we're we're not able to get in-person visits because of this pandemic. And you're just you're starting off so far behind the eight-ball, and what he's been able to do in in putting together a top 25 ranked 2021 class already is incredible. Um you know and and we'll see how he continues to mold this this recruiting class and who stays and and who decommits ultimately because that's one thing that's a concern with every one of these coaches and every one of these programs is how these kids are going to you know stay committed to their commitments um is going to be interesting but you know again the the biggest thing here is is with no spring program with no spring football no spring game again we don't know it will the season start on time in in September who knows all right but it's going to be interesting to see how he comes together with you know with with these virtual meetings with the players and he's talked about how he wants to get a good feel of what these guys are about and you just really don't have that opportunity but I, again, Mel Tucker, I mean, it's an A-plus signing for me from everything I've read, everything I've heard, from from the university really stepping up and and showing that we can become one of the big boys, right? That that we're willing to shell out the money, something that I have been very critical of with this program for a long time, that they just weren't willing to pay what it takes to be successful in college football. You know, when, when Pat Narduzzi back in the day he had a nine hundred thousand dollar contract, and that was groundbreaking. But ever since then, we just weren't willing to give out that money for coordinators, for position coaches, and it's something that you know, like it or not, Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, these guys were were nearly doubling us up on on their on their budget for coaching and. You know if you're not getting in good coaches then then you're not going to be successful and and that's something that I think once they made the turn and they realized that what was going wrong the last few years with with Mark Dantonio and and him hiring his buddies and and not willing to part ways with his friends that were were on his staff and they realized you know what we got to increase the budget and and props to the Michigan state you know Athletic department for finally realizing that and and giving Mel Tucker the resources he needs to be successful right away. So again, I love the hire. I, I love everything about this guy so far. I, I'm I'm not going to lie. If again, if he can't coach football, that's really going to suck because man, the energy he's brought and and everything we've seen so far is has been really really exciting and. You know, again, it's funny to say that from a guy who's, who's one season as a head coach was five and seven, but, you know, from all the stops, from his three years at Georgia, from his four years under Nick Saban in total, four years under Jim Trestle, he's was a part of two national championship staffs. He's spent time in the NFL where he can tell his players, you know, and recruits like, look, I know what it takes to get to that level. You know you can trust me on that. So I I love the hire. I love the guy. Everything I've seen on social media, you know I I, I absolutely love. So uh, Mel, Mel Tucker, that's that's basically everything we got on him. The book's out, right? Um, and and we'll see at this point. Basically, can you coach or can you not? Because everything else has been awesome. But you know next next we'll come back. We'll we'll hit on the same way with Jay Johnson, his offensive coordinator hire. So we're going to break down everything again go back through his history we'll talk about his personnel groupings and and what he likes to do on the offensive side of the ball um what what kind of play style he runs are they running no huddle zone blocking we'll talk about all of that you know i ran through a couple quick cuts of some uh Colorado State or Colorado games last year um and and we'll talk about you know some things that i saw that that interested me um, good or bad. So we'll talk about Jay Johnson. Will be the highlight for the next episode. From there, we'll get into Scott Hazelton, the defensive coordinator. We'll talk about each position group and and their position coach. Uh, and really excited. Again, thank you for coming in. Please, you know, we'll, we'll we'll get this thing running. We'll get it off the board on on Spotify and iTunes and everything. Um, But but please come back, you know, let me know what you think and, and really excited to get this thing off the ground. Thank you so much for listening to the Standing Room Spartans podcast. I am your host, Kevin Parker, and come on back. Take care.